What's up, everybody? This is the Concert Crusade Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about things. I don't care about the intro anymore. We're here to give the people what they want. My name is EJ Olson. I am joined by Nick Durheim. We have some stuff we want to talk to you about today, right now. I don't know if we're going to give anybody <laughs> what they want. <laughs> it's, hey, here's the thing, man. I'm, f- I'm filled with apprehension. Well, that's that's normal. That's, that's like our default state, Nick. So uh, so I, I am sick right now, uh, which is something that, you know, this is episode 16 of the Concert Crusade podcast. I feel like more often than not, I've come on and said, I'm sick today. I feel like crap. I sound weird. But here I am. I think your default state is just ill. That's true. I have the immune system of, of like an infant, but with an infant with an autoimmune disorder. Uh, so that's where I'm at in life. <laughs> right now. In a lot of aspects of your life, you're like an infant. Yeah. <laughs> oh, crap. Shit. Got me. All right. So we're here to talk about some stuff today. We're not talking game news. All right. But we are talking retro games. See, I should have pre- led with that. What retro games are we talking about? My man. You know I copped that SNES Classic day one. Oh, yeah. Come I guess that is, that's that new age retro shit. It is. I but get that. we're here because I'm going on vacation. I'll be gone a little while. And I would not have been able to live with myself if we didn't sit down and I didn't get the 411 on everything you've been playing. Yeah. And I uh, look forward to episode 17 coming in middle of 2018. Oh, um, no. I hope not. I hope <laughs> it's going to be a long vacation. Sooner, much sooner than that. All right. Give it a week. Give it a week. All right. So... The last couple of episodes we did, we both had not really played too much, but in this last week, since the last episode, you've beaten, not just played, you've completed three different games. Well, I've almost completed one of them, and technically, I had gotten it and started it when we were recording the last episode, but we just completely forgot to mention that. Well, here we go. And it was already a long episode anyway, so who cares? Fair enough. (laughs) All right, so talk to me. Where are you at right now? I bought Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle before our beach trip and I started it at the beach but you know surrounded by a bunch of people we kind of just want to hang out and socialize a little bit I, I kind of curled up in the corner sometimes but other times I like to be around people and talk to them believe it or not but folks. I, yeah I was on just on a kick this last week of just playing a lot of different games and uh, just the the gameplay loop of the tactics RPG style the XCOM kind of gameplay really caught me and then the, the soundtrack is just so goddamn beautiful. Everyone's been talking about that soundtrack. Who scored it? It's Grant Kirkhope, who did all the Banjo-Kazooie, basically all the rare games. He did Banjo-Kazooie, Banjo-Tooie, Donkey Kong 64. He did Conker's Bad Fur Day, did GoldenEye, did Perfect Dark. Wow. So this is like, not only like a great game, but, but it's hitting you right in the nostalgia. Because when you think back to old video games and what we loved about them as children... Like, rarely is it the gameplay that holds up. We have, like, th- these memories, and they all hinge around the score. You you know? Yeah, that's a huge part of it. It's That's part of the uh, sensory memory. Right. I would argue that the gameplay in a lot of those older games hold up in a, in, an, in a way, just because it feels good to do the things that you're doing. But I don't know if they hold up as far as introducing a new player to an older, like, platformer, especially the 3D platformers. Yeah, I think it's a pretty fair assessment. The Grant Kirkhope, his style, his style just oozes through. It feels so much like a rare game. It's Ubisoft, but it's it's like a new age rare game. That's that crazy. Sort of second, that second party Nintendo polish that <laughs> yeah. I just haven't I haven't felt since you know the late nineties. Hell yeah, that's exciting. Now I, I really wish I had picked it up. Not too late. <laughs> well, that's true. It's just 
you know, Stardew Valley comes out tomorrow as of the time of this recording. And that's pretty much all I'll be doing on the flight is just fucking with my farm. Totally fair. All right. So, so talk to me a little bit about the gameplay then, because I, I know it's a strategy game and there are guns involved and guns in Mario. This is a strange, it's an eclectic combination. How does that work? It's goofy, but basically any Mario game is weird. I mean, that weird plumber man, he could play tennis, he can play golf, he races carts, he has parties with Bowser. I mean, you put him in anything. He's just the, the, the magic sauce that makes anything better. You're, you're quite literally just describing a middle-aged man from Italy. Yeah. He, he golfs and he has parties. And here's my weird Italian accent. That's bad. That's, <laughs> that is my future, I hope. It's <laughs> uh, a weird Italian man who golfs and parties. You, hey, man, you've got that Italian blood running deep in your veins. Maybe that's why I identify so closely with Mario. But uh, So I'll just give you like the bare bones kind of premise of the story. Okay. Because it starts out and there's a, a scene of somebody fucking around with this weird VR helmet. And then for some reason those weird rabbits crash in with their like time machine washing machine thing. And they steal this VR helmet that fuses things that are seen together and they end up fusing together the real world with a poster of like Mario and the mushroom kingdom. Cause this person who has this VR helmet is a Mario fan. So don't try to think too deeply about it. It's <laughs> just Mario and rabbits mesh together. And I thought, you know, Everyone kind of had that same suspicion that the rabbits are just going to be really annoying and stupid, but I don't know. It's quirky and it's not too over the top and like overbearing. So it's just kind of funny. We've talked about this before, but are the, the rabbits now that you've played this game, are the rabbits like minion tier obnoxious? See, I don't know because I've never seen despicable me. I okay. don't even know if minions are obnoxious. All I know is that weird old people on Facebook use them for bad memes that's my only exposure to minions and they say <laughs> banana and they're French. Isn't that all you need to know then? I, maybe. I mean, <laughs> this is also the first game I've played that's had rabbits. All I know about them before that was, it's like a weird Rayman spinoff from the Wii. Yeah. And then that became more popular than Rayman ever was. And they just sort of capitalized on that. Uh, why is that? Is it just because the rabbits were adorable and marketable on a system that was, you know, aimed at, uh, old people with dementia and little children who don't know how to play video games. I would assume it has to be, they fit better into like a mini game collection, which yeah. is a, that was a huge, huge genre on the Wii. So I don't know. Yikes. They're very expressive. So it makes sense that children would be, they would kind of attach themselves to that. So I don't know. I guess there's a cartoon in France. That's fairly popular or something. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I've never played XCOM. I'm more, because that's, that's, I mean, XCOM, it's a turn-based strategy. It's not real-time strategy, correct? Right. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's isometric, grid-based. Okay. Turn-based strategy. I mean, you've played Fire Emblem. You kind of understand the yeah. gist of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This uh, is Fire Emblem, but without waifus. Well, then what's the goddamn point? I know, right? The, the point is Mario's in it and the music's great and you're fighting these weird rabbits that scream at you. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm excited to check it out. You, did you beat it? I am on the last world at the mid boss. Okay. So I got kind of stuck there and then I started playing other games, but since I've beaten those two other games, I can go back and finally crank through and finish the, the rest of that game. How do you juggle playing so many games simultaneously? Like 
That was one of my hardest things. Uh, I don't. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I, I, I put one down and pick another one up. That was one of the hardest things for me, and still is. Um, now that I'm transitioning from this like compulsive collector mentality, uh, it's a little easier for me to just be like, you know, I, I want to play this game, and I'm not having fun with it. I'll move on to the next game. But I would add all these games I had and owned and wanted to play, and so I'd start four games a day, and, and, and then I'd just never go back to any of them. It's even worse when I'm into an online game. Like, I, I just, I don't have the capacity to juggle so many things. And so, especially when they're games you really, really like. Uh, and that's frustrating because even if I, I only, like, say I beat a, a game every month, like, there's so many games that come out. Like, how can you possibly play them all? Some people play every game. Some people are have better motivation than either of us. That's they have better... <laughs> time management skills i i don't know i say it's the larger part of the population yes that's true some people just aren't, so, aren't, aren't as sick as us yeah right <laughs> but i don't know i mean i've put in i wouldn't say that any of the games that i've played were huge ventures they're not like breath of the wild or anything i think i've put in maybe 20 hours of uh mario plus rabbits before i've i put that down to play other games and then each of the games i put picked up after that i either played through to completion or i kind of messed around with a game called slime son and that's just like a meat boy kind of thing so it's a, a level rush okay. so that's a very easy pick up and play and put down again kind of game are you, did you play mario rabbits mostly on the handheld or do you on the tv for that uh, i played mostly on tv but i did spend quite a little bit of time quite a little bit of time i spent maybe 25 percent of my time playing handheld, laying in bed. Okay. Kind of like after work, unwind. Right. Kind of kind of gameplay loop. See, that's a, that's, and I say this every time, but that's the, and the best thing about the Switch for me is it's easier for me to play games when I can play on the toilet, I can play it on the couch, I can play it in bed, and it's like not this huge commitment to go in, turn the machine on, plop down on the couch, and like, all right, this is all I'm doing right now. You know, it's easy to get a couple races in before bed or to get on and, 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 you know, even when I was playing Breath of the Wild, it was like I'd spend two hours before bed every night laying down, winding down, doing all my maintenance stuff, you know, where it's like you're going around, you're collecting ingredients, you're making your food, you know, taking care of whatever you got to take care of. So you're ready to just go the next day and grinding up your gear, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing that like sucks when you're like, OK, I've got to commit to just being in front of the TV for two hours to do all this stuff. It's not so bad when you're in front of the TV you know, watching the office and and just kind of going through the motions. Let me tell you how many Amiibo I scan in bed. You should have seen my nightstand. Doing your 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 cheating. Oh hell yeah! Time time skip bullshit stuff. Oh yeah, oh yeah, man. I was I was grinding the scales, uh, doing a lot of that. But then yeah, I would I would just farm for uh, those dope ass items that the amiibo would drop, and it takes it took so long, Nick. It took so long. The drop rates yeah. were 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 repels level. Okay, just. Yeah, I mean garbage. that that sounds like a that sounds like a fun thing to do going into your system settings and changing your time and scanning a bunch of amiibos. So, let me tell you what and I know about changing fun. your system settings and going into your time <laughs> scanning your amiibos again. I'm a real broken person. We've established this. And I don't like to actually have fun. That's not true. That's all I want in life. So, what else have you been playing <laughs> on that note? Yeah, I mean, I guess you kind of get the basic gist of Mario and Rabbids. There's some cool stuff with like skill trees and right. you can respec and there's all this kind of stuff associated with that. Choosing your team, your loadout, all that kind of all that kind of jazz. I think you would get a real kick out of it. 
But after I got to my point where I was kind of stuck and wanted to move on and try some other stuff out, I, on a whim, purchased a eShop card worth $50, but I spent $40 on it, like one of those kind of deals. Oh, okay, yeah. So I went through and I bought a bunch of indies I've been meaning to, to pick up. And coincidentally, a game I've been looking forward to since it was revealed in the Nintendo Nindies, I think it was at PAX event, they had that video. And it's uh, it was a game called Golf Story. Dude, everyone's been talking about that. Dude, it is pretty fucking fantastic. It is like a 16-bit kind of style golf RPG. Right. A la the Camelot Mario Golf on Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance. I remember you being down here at my pad and uh, playing that on the Game Boy Player. Yeah. And you were like, dude, this is a legitimate RPG. And I, I had never heard of it before. I had no clue. And I was sitting watching you play it. And I was like, this is the, the strangest mashup I've ever seen. It works so well. I mean, golf is a golf is a game that I don't like to play in real life. I don't like no. to watch it in real life. But there's something about the video game aspect of it that just clicks and makes a whole lot of sense to me. And golf video games are just historically just really fucking fun. I had a lot of fun back in the day with Tiger Woods uh, PGA Golf like 2003. Totally. On GameCube. Oh, yeah. Like this is stuff. It's a fun loop to grind out better clubs and you get sponsorships in that game specifically. But it's such, what a, a bizarre concept. It's really funny. Uh, the Mario Golf on Game Boy Color, I wanted to show you because the, the soundtrack sounded a lot like the Pokemon trading card game. Yes, yes. On Game Boy, and that's just, that fills me, that fills my heart with love. <laughs> Nothing but joy. Dude, something about golf games, like you said, going back to the NES golf game, which is a fucking classic. Black Box Seriously. Golf. Seriously. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's a great game. Uh, and and all the way through, yeah, the Tiger Woods games. And, you know, my my uncle, who's not a gamer, a gamer. He's kind of uh, technologically challenged, as most fucking almost 50-year-old men are. Uh, but he he owned a PlayStation 3 for the sole purpose of playing Tiger Woods Golf and, like, Marvel Pinball. You Dude, know? hell yeah. <laughs> like, it's like something about that, man. And so, so I'd always play the golf games with him. And every two years for Christmas, you know, one year we'd get a crappy Disney licensed game. And the other year we'd get a golf game. And it was like alternating like that for like six or seven years. And so, yeah, I've got a special place in my heart for the golf game. Golf story is a game I want to check out. You definitely should. But again, when am I going to find the time? Yeah. I mean, I, I, just to let you know, I beat it in about, I did like all the side quests and stuff. I beat it in about 18 hours. Okay. So that's pretty manageable. It's a very, I don't know. I say it's an RPG, but it's a very easily picked up and put down kind of game by the nature of it it's it's linear but there are side quests and the side quests aren't like time intensive or time exclusive like you can just do them whenever you get around to it okay but just the the gameplay of it's a kind of isometric you know top-down view at all times not like a behind the back sort of tiger woods style golfing right but just everything just makes sense like it's everything you'd expect from golf as far as the actual gameplay of the golfing. And then there's this, there's that cool stuff where you can just tee up what, wherever you are in the overworld. So you're like, Oh, there's a, if there's a, a thing floating in the water. I'm going to hit it with a golf ball and then it'll break and you just get some extra cash and you can use that to buy extra clubs or compete in a different match. You know, there's a lot of cool little things in the overworld. Are you running around the overworld and then, you uh, enter these golf matches and it's kind of a separate thing or is it 
kind of seamless where you're just going around and you're, I'm assuming you're like exploring this town. There are different courses in the area. Like there's the, the real overworld that you walk around and you go into different courses and they each have like their own little shtick. Like the first course you start out at is kind of just like shitty and run down. And there's all these like sketchy people hanging around and listening to like boom boxes. And there are these disc golfers that are taking over one of the holes. And there's all these like moles that are just digging up and they'll fuck with your balls. If you hit the golf ball near them. And that's just the shtick of that course. There's another course. that's like prehistoric caveman style, right? There's one that's like, it's super windy. And there's all these birds hanging around. Like each one has, it's a, a very specific identity. I was just scrolling through some pictures of it and dude, mad Stardew Valley vibes. I love it. Yeah. It's very it's similar pixel art. You know, it's just, that's a, that's a, a shtick. It's not, I don't think it's, there's nothing gameplay wise. That's like Stardew no, Valley. It's no, just, no. it's just a well-written fun SNES kind of style RPG right. golf game. Right. Uh, I'm excited to check it out. That's uh, it's something that I'll, I'll probably hit up on the on the plane tomorrow. That Octopath Traveler and Stardew Valley. And I might just get sucked into Stardew Valley or alternatively, I will start to play it. And then I will say this is totally overwhelming and I'll put it away and I won't play it for for weeks. So we'll see what happens. That sounds pretty, pretty spot on for you. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> how much is golf story on the eShop? 15. Okay, I love it. I love it. Stardew Valley is also 15. Nice. Great. The third game that I played, though. Give it to me, baby. Is 20. I hope it was worth it. God damn it. I'd say it was worth it. Oh, it was a whole lot of fun. Okay. A little game that you may have heard called uh, Steam World Dig 2. Right. Which I had never actually played. The f- I think I may have. God, who would have had the first one? I don't know. Maybe Mac had the first one. But the first one was more of like a, a roguelike, more procedurally generated kind of stuff. A little bit more unforgiving, but also just a little bit like less to do, but a longer time span to do it. Like it's just, it was one of those endless games where it was like a mile wide, but an inch deep kind of thing. But this one is a Metroidvania. Everything is designed. So your main mechanic is you have a pickaxe and you're digging up tiles. But as you're digging up tiles, you're uncovering ore and gems and that kind of shit. Right. And you sell that for money. And then you spend money on upgrading your backpack to carry more ore, your pickaxe to dig through rocks faster. You get different like upgrades. So pretty early on, you get a, a dash so that you can jump further and run faster. So because there'll be these, yeah, you know, you step on a switch, a door opens, you step off the switch, door closes. Right. So you have to run to get through it. It's it gates you Metroidvania. Classic Hello. Metroidvania. Okay. So this was totally off my radar because. Uh, of the first game, I don't know how many years ago that was, but it was so off my radar. And then everyone was talking about it. Yeah, that was like maybe f- four years ago. It was on 3DS. But I think it came to everything else too. I'm not sure if it It did. was everywhere. It was everywhere. I wasn't too fond of the art style. And I still wasn't really into the art style on this one either. It's that Flash yeah. kind of looking. You know that Flash Illustrator kind of... It kind of looks cheap. It kind of looks cheap vector. almost. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, does, it looks kind of cheap. But then you play it and... I don't know. For me, at least it was the gameplay was good. It felt tight. Everything made sense inclusively in the game, which right. I think is very important for all the mechanics to be coherent. And I started to not mind the art style so much. And then I started to like some of the shit that was going on. Like you, I would go to a new area and it was very just stark how different this area was. I was like, this is fucking cool as hell. 
And then you go to a different area and there's like all this lava and like magma and molten steel pouring around. You're like, oh shit, this is way cool too. So so even though the aesthetic isn't your cup of tea, you, you appreciate the... Well, I like the, the aesthetic. I don't. Design. I just didn't like the the execution. But then I got past that, and now I like it. Looking back on it, so I have not completed a Metroidvania game since Guacamelee in 2014. Guacamelee had a little bit too much fluff. It was a little bit too long. Um, I would not disagree with that. From what I remember playing of it, yeah, and that was when I was still like playing games compulsively, and I was like, I have to complete this. You know, I've right. got to get the proper ending and all these things and just being neurotic about it, which took a really otherwise would have been a very enjoyable experience. And I just ran it into the ground. And I think that mm-hmm. kind of soured me on Metroidvanias because there's so much to do. And uh, uh, my brain goes just crazy being like, oh, I'm going to go this way, but I can go that way, but I should go that way. And it just drives me crazy thinking I have to do all of it. With Guacamelee in particular, I kind of hit a wall with it where you got the ability to go between like the light and the dark versions of places. And there's always platforming challenges, which are cool challenges. But as far as the game itself, I was like, okay, this game should have been starting like, to wind down by this point. It should sure. have been like hitting a climax with like getting some final battles yeah, and exploring more of the mechanics you'd already introduced as opposed to starting a new one. I don't know. That was just the total surface level reaction to that part of the game. In some ways, I feel like that spoiled me a little bit because I thought the controls were so tight and the powers were, 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 it was so visceral, the things you could do to these enemies. And it, it just felt really nice. Yeah. Really cool. Like beat em up combo systems. And I yeah. thought that was really unique and interesting. You had to know how to use them. You couldn't just go in button mashing. You had to know the systems and you had to know the combinations and figure out what works and which enemies. And, and it wasn't like the deepest system ever, but it was enough that like, I, I tried to play a game like, um, what's the one on Xbox? Why, why is it? The, the name's failing me right now. Ori. Ori in the Blind Forest, yeah. I put in three or four hours into that, and it never gripped me. There's something really engaging about just, like, learning three combos and just using those combos and beating the fuck out of weird enemies. Uh, I did try to play uh, Symphony of the Night. I bought that on Vita, and it ran like shit, so I pitched that, and then I bought it on Xbox One, and I played a couple hours. Yeah, that's a, that's a backwards compatible, right? Or is that Xbox One native? Um, it's backwards compatible. You buy it off the, okay. yeah, the 360. 360, yeah. Yeah. Um, really tight controls. It blows me away that it came out when it did. Because, you know, people talk about Super Metroid being the best so-and-so, and, it, and obviously it's, it was the catalyst for this whole genre, right? And mm-hmm. uh, and it was, it was groundbreaking in a lot of ways. That game is slow, and it is chunky. I was playing it on the, on the Classic just the other day, and it, it hasn't gripped me yet. And I know, uh, I doubt, Chris, that you're listening, but... Uh, forgive me, man. It's it, it was tough. It was really rough. Metroid's slow. Even Castlevania is slow. Symphony of the Night is probably the fastest Castlevania game they had made up to that point. Right. But Metroid is slow on purpose. Castlevania never felt like it was slow on purpose. It never felt like it needed to be slow. Especially since you're doing melee combat nine times out of ten. But with Metroid, it was more about the isolation and the slow movement adds to that. And then when you unlock abilities to move faster, it's like you earn it. I get, and I get that. But anyway, all, all that to say, Metroidvanias have never been my game of choice, my genre of choice. So maybe I'll check out SteamWorld Dig just because of every, what people have been saying about it. Now, now obviously, you know, you're singing its praises. Um, one of the podcasts we listened to, they were like, is this better than... I don't. I can't remember what game they compared it to, but it was it was a catchy headline. Samus Returns. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which Samus Returns has gotten 
I mean, ubiquitous praise. People love that game. So I'll uh, I'll check it out, especially for. Oh, you said that one was twenty bucks. Yeah, that that's a twenty dollar game. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. But I I I spent that's a I spent sixteen hours playing that to completion. Okay. Um, Worth. Yeah, yeah, definitely. As far as like a time spent dollars per hour, yeah, kind of bullshit. I, I didn't hundred. I eighty three percent just first run. I don't know if I'm if I have the urge or the desire to go back. Some of the the challenge there's these challenge rooms that are fairly reminiscent of a mechanic like Breath of the Wild with the shrines, right? Where you'll go into a room and either you'll get a uh, a cool Metroidvania style upgrade, like you get a jetpack or you get a fucking uh, grappling hook. Which I'll tell you, the grappling hook it's really fucking cool. Yeah, it's like a hook. It's a hook shot style. So four cardinal directions. You shoot it out and you just zip along and it's really cool, especially since as you're digging down, it becomes harder to get back up and you have a Mega Man X style wall jump, which obviously that's fucking cool too. Very satisfying. More games games need wall jumps, but I get how it breaks it. Other challenge rooms will be just that. It's a challenge. So there is one called the floor is lava and all along the floor are these switches and if you hit one of the switches, a door at the end of the hall closes. So you're doing these platforming puzzles to get across and getting past the door. And there's three sections of that. And at the end of it, you get a cog, which these cogs are your currency, basically, that you use in a skill tree sort of thing. So as you're upgrading your pickaxe, your bag, all this kind of shit, you're also getting the opportunity to use these blueprints that will give you a bonus effect. So say one of the pickaxe ones that deals double damage to uh, tiles that have ore in them. So you can plow away through those faster and you can equip and unequip those at any time, which is really nice. I don't like having to spec into a, a specific style of play from the get go. I like to switch it up as I, I move along. I'm going to say, we'll see if I pick it up, but I'm more likely to pick up golf story tomorrow. Honestly. Oh yeah. I, I recommend that one to you more. Yeah. M- much more likely steam world dig. Next time we hang out, I'll let you pick it up and play it and see how you feel about it. I, I, I was going to say, I just need to come up. Next time I'm up, I just need to come over and we just need to like vegetate and 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 go through some of these and give me a taste, you know? Give me a few yeah. hits. Yeah. On the house. Yeah. And I'm two, I've got two other games that I've bought and haven't really sunk my teeth too much into. I mentioned Slime Son. That's similar to Super Meat Boy. Okay. More, but it's pixel art. Gotcha. Different mechanics. There's... Uh, you're a gooey slime trying to escape out of a worm. Imagine the uh, Alaskan bullworm from SpongeBob. Okay, yeah. And you're this gooey slime person. And uh, the left trigger, you pass through green walls. So, and it does like this weird slow down time mechanics. So you're doing this thing where you're jumping and trying to go through a wall, but then unfreeze or undo it. So you land on another green wall. And this is platforming challenges. And then you get a dash and there's jumps and fucking you imagine there's a timer trickling down and let your imagination run wild. It's me boy, but with, but with pixel art, it sounds mad frustrating is what it sounds like. <laughs> I didn't find it very difficult except for you remember the band-aids in Meat boy. Yeah. Each level there's like they're uh, like an apple or some shit. Okay. Little and that's like the challenge of getting to that and then getting back to the, the main path. Cause you, each level there's like maybe 10 seconds and then like slime starts rising up or like stomach acid. So you're on a timer to, to finish the level 
but critical pathing it is usually pretty easy, but going out of your way to pick up the apple can sometimes push you to the edge. You know, Super Meat Boy was a game I sunk a lot of time into, and and for a minute there, a couple of years ago, we were like racing to see who could like do more of the fastest. I remember that's the only game of that nature that I've really played. And I, I again, I had that compulsion to like 100% the levels, get the A+, pick up all the band-aids, and just and complete everything, and it was so fucking hard. I, it wasn't like, oh, this isn't fun. It was like, it was so rewarding. And I imagine on some small scale, that's how people feel like when they play these difficult games like Dark Souls or like whatever, where it's like, it's not even fun. It's just the the feeling of overcoming a challenge is what makes it worth it. Like, you're not actually having fun half the time. I just think not every game is for every person. It's true. So there are people that find gratification and are better at those kinds of games. So it makes sense for them to be drawn to a more challenging experience where Kirby isn't exactly for everyone either, you know? Too easy. Too easy for most people. It's way too easy, but like, that's totally a game you'd hand Daniel and be like, float around. Sure. You're not going to die. Right. That's cool to get powers. Right. Fucking whatever. No, yeah, I totally agree. And I'm, I skew more Kirby than, uh, than Meat Boy, but Meat Boy was a game that I really enjoyed. So I I don't know if I have the itch for that sort of uh, gameplay loop again. Not right now, anyway. I wanted to check it out. I wanted to, I like to support indie developers. It was like eight bucks, whatever. Yeah. I will say that. Good on you. Meat Boy, every time I would, you know, die or fuck up, I would know exactly why that happened. Like, it was usually, it was because I fucked up. It was right. never the the game yanking my chain. It wasn't like, oh man, that was bullshit. The hitbox should not have interacted in that way. Like, maybe right. one time in a thousand. But maybe it could just be the input latency on my TV. My TV is... Not a good TV, as you very well know. <laughs> That's true. But I was experiencing some minor frustrations. Like, I wasn't getting, like, mad or anything, but I was like, man, I feel like I'm dying when I shouldn't be dying. And it happened repeatedly in this certain area. So, I don't know if that's something that could be different if I'm playing in handheld, but I'm kind of keeping Slime Song on the back burner for me for just a, I'm hanging out over at someone's house and we're just watching TV and I want to play a few levels. So, you're telling me you didn't pick your switch up and throw it across the room. No, because it was plugged into my TV. I would have to go across the room and then pick it up and then throw it across the room again. That's so much work. <laughs> Shouts out to Max on the precipice between two eyeballs podcast. That cliff boy. The cliff boy. <laughs> I don't know what I, what I just said. Well, shit. What, uh, you said you have one last game that you said you picked up and haven't played? Yeah, I've not played it yet. Uh, also waiting for... That seems like This seems like a game I want to play with headphones, and that's Thumper. Oh, yeah, yeah. Rhythm game. Yeah, which is like a weird rhythm game, which to be fair, all rhythm games are pretty weird, but this is like you're this metallic chrome scarab beetle traveling through a like Vectrex fucking neon hellscape and riding along a rail and hitting walls on these crazy industrial hell beats. So everything about it seemed like it's got a cool kind of aesthetic. Uh, from what I can tell, it's got weird time signature, drum and bass kind of heavy shit. That's so right I'm into that rally. too. <laughs> so you know, you know how I am. I'm very intrigued by weird music shit. So is that thirty nine forty seven? Can you can you play that back for me? Uh, I think that's I think that's three bars of seven eight, and then it goes into a five four, and then there's a three four bridge. Fuck off. I'm a drummer. I'm a bad drummer, but fuck all that shit. <laughs> that's, 
Drumming is just counting. You're bad at counting. I'm terrible at math. I just hit things hard because I'm full of rage. Counting is math, I guess. <laughs> if you really want to break it down. I mean, plus one, plus one, plus one, plus one. <laughs> hey, without counting, you can't have math. Think about it like that. All right, Neil deGrasse Tyson, get back to Twitter. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so I had something I was going to say, but then you fucked me up with the math thing. So, fuck off. No, I, I so I was, we were texting the other day and you said, I picked up Thumper, a rhythm game. I've always really loved rhythm games, and I was shocked to hear you say that because I've never once heard you talk about a rhythm game. And then I said, oh, Guitar Hero is a rhythm game, and that was like, that's on like your top 10 list ever. So I was like, okay, I won't hold that against you. Yeah, I've poured countless hours into many different iterations of Guitar Hero. Oh, yeah, so totally. Man, I think that's enough to kind of sell on a rhythm game. So they just tried to revive the Guitar Hero franchise. Uh, same yeah. with Rock Band. Was that two years ago or last year? Two years ago. Two years ago. I think it was 2015. And Rock Band was fine, I guess. Guitar Hero really fell flat. Well, Guitar Hero fucked up because they changed the controller. Yeah, that was totally Why'd silly. Why they do that? I don't know. They Just keep the five buttons. People don't want a more <laughs> realistic experience. They want Guitar Hero. Like, you pioneered this experience. Uh, uh, give it to us. So, how long, though, until we get the Guitar Hero throwback? And it's, you know, the 15 year or the... What year that game came out? 2005? No, 2005. Two, three? No, no, no. It was later. It was like 2005. I was playing that game in middle school. Uh, I was not. I was playing it in high school. Hmm. Okay. So anyway. And I had I had Guitar Hero 2 and 3 on PS2, but it was in that weird period after the PS3 had come out and no one bought one because it was $600 that every game was still coming out on PS2. Right, right. Because remember uh, our buddy Jeff, he had 3 or World Tour on 360. Right. So it was like 05, 06. Oh God. Okay. I remember I was playing Guitar Hero 3 in ju- my junior year. We're, we're, breaking, we're breaking down all the walls, guys. <laughs> so that was 07, 08. So that must have come out 2007. So Automatic Guitar Hero 2 was 06. And Guitar Hero 1 was 05 because I was an Activision joint. So they're cranking that shit as fast as they could. Wow. Damn, dude. Time flies, man. Well, so we're due for the 15-year anniversary. Are we going to get like a, a Guitar Hero pack, classic pack? Mad Cats was the the one that they made the controllers for, I think, both uh, Guitar Hero. What was that? Five? Guitar Hero 5? Yeah. Rock Band 5? It was yeah. the Guitar Hero and Rock Band Renaissance. Right. The comeback. And that fucking... That fell flat. They just ate shit on that one. They went out of business. Mad Cats went bankrupt and they're no longer a company. <laughs> yeah, they, they... I think it was the Guitar Hero or the Rock Band or whatever it was put them out of business. They were sitting on so much unmoved product. It was... It was yeah, nobody fucking Millions it. of dollars. Those games can't be cheap to make just because of the the music licensing. Oh, yeah. And so if you're not selling tens of millions of copies, then... Like, it's so crazy that there was a Beatles rock band game. That blows my mind. You know, it's amazing, especially when you consider how long it took for them to, like, for, like, iTunes to get the license to to put the Beatles music, their entire catalog. Yeah, that's that's not an easy or cheap license to get. No. And Guitar Hero got it. Like that's that's it's insane. Um, although when people saw how the first few Guitar Heroes did, everybody it was wanted. Band. Oh, it was, rock, sure it was band? rock Band. Okay, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Rock Band. Well, after that whole boom, like everybody wanted their own their own version because they saw how lucrative it was. But yeah, they're making hand over fist. Fucking, yeah. it was just the peripherals alone. And then it but just now died. you just go to Goodwill and you can buy six guitars for fun. <laughs> they're all broken as fuck. You can't find a working guitar. I tried. Trust me, my uh, my little brother and and his buddies got really into rock band last year 
they had the full band set up and it was just like those th- you know it's like you have some drinks or you get stoned or whatever and you just you bang on some drums and and they were having a good time with it and so whenever i i came home dude it, it felt really nice to shred again yeah i think the last time i played guitar hero was at a, a bar that had the arcade version but i think it was a lot of, it was a lot of songs from guitar hero 3 was that when you were down here no because they have one at the barcade down here and i always try to play and uh, i i always go expert because that's what i used to play on right uh, i can't do it anymore man I'm i can old. still do it my hand hurts after one song you know like, i'm just shape. like i don't i don't know how to move my fingers anymore everything just feels stiff and dumb I feel like you've had a stroke no it feels like i've been jerking off for 30 hours straight so like i said it feels like, like you've had a stroke <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. Gross. that one stroke in 30 hours you're right oh no that's really probably all all we have man to really talk about today you don't want to talk to me about the snes classic at all besides you trying to play super metroid for the hundredth time but not getting past the part where it's like oh everything's wiggling back and forth i guess i'm done now <laughs> yeah i just want to make sure look at my list here make sure we've got through you know the only other thing i mentioned stardew valley we don't need to talk about that we'll talk about that next week after i've put a bunch of time into it um yeah the super nintendo fucking classic let me tell you a little story and you were part of this all right you're privy to some of these details i all right I don't know what, how much information, too much information, but the classic dropped on Friday, correct? Yes. Thursday night, I got irresponsibly inebriated. I went to bed at like 5.30 a.m. I woke up at 8 a.m., totally and completely unable to drive, and Lord knows I wasn't going to try. So I was calling, texting everybody I knew, you know, uh, our, our boys back home, all right? Drew, Chris, Leaf, the Nintendo dudes, the Nintendo dogs. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's so bad. I'll never do that again. Edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> done and done. Uh, I hit them all up. I'm like, hey, if you guys are out, you guys are in line. And they kept saying, oh man, Best Buy has so many tickets. Come get in line. Come get in line. Like Nick, come on out. They've got so many tickets. And, and I had just I stopped by Fred Meyer after work to get some Lacroix because I was running out. Mm-hmm. And on a whim, I went over to the electronics section and there was nothing there. I don't know if they even had stock. I didn't even, I didn't even bother asking anybody. And then I was like, well, maybe I could try Target. I know they're getting them. Went to Target. It was 720 at this point. They'd opened seven and there was a line of like 30 people. Yeah. So I was like, fucking whatever. I'll stand in this line. And I already seen like a bunch of people, like not a bunch, but like I'd seen a few people walking out clearly with a bag. With a box inside it that was oddly similar to the size and shape to of an SNES classic sure. <laughs> box. So I got in line. Uh, one of the manager ladies ended up like counting the people in the line. Like we got 22 left and they counted to like two people in front of me. And they're like, you're the last one that's going to get one. Uh. I was like, all right. So I was like, all right. And I walked out. She's like, oh, we're going to get some another time. And I was like, no f- what are you trying to console me for? I just wanted to like maybe pick it up. <laughs> yeah. She's trying to make you feel better. Like, I don't what know. What am I going to do? Well, you got me. <laughs> Call me. Here's my number. Yeah, right. You, you turn <laughs> like, back around and wait in line again. Well, they're getting more. <laughs> <laughs> so you went, you ended up going home because you had just gotten off work at that point. Yeah. I was like, fuck that. I'm just going to go play golf story in bed. And that's what you did. And, and, and I was, you know, so I, I call my buddy, Brandon, I call my buddy, Brennan, I'm texting the guys and being like, Hey, like somebody please pick one up for me because I know there's going to be more stock than ever before, blah, blah, blah. But I don't trust Nintendo. And I really, really fucking want this thing. 
Uh, and so everyone was kind of trying to see what they could do. I end up uh, stumbling into my bedroom and making a bunch of noise and woke my girlfriend up and like a real sweetheart. She went out and picked one up for me at Best Buy because they had tons. She went over there. like She was in out like 25 minutes. She was back at the house with the classic. And I was like, holy crap. Look at that. So um, I lucked out because now apparently they're scarce. There hasn't been another shipment this week. I don't think Nintendo's gonna gonna fuck it up this bad. My total suspicion from the get go with the original with the NES Classic was they licensed a certain number amount for you know from Square and Capcom and Konami for right. the rights for their games, and they capped out and they managed to squeeze out more than they thought they were going to squeeze out, but they couldn't get those deals. It takes a long time to get those deals inked down and to figure out where in the year you're releasing this thing. So makes total sense that they would be kind of quiet about everything until it's all confirmed. Yeah. seems like SNES are going to do so much more. They're even reprinting the NES next summer. Who knows if they're going to do any like revisions for that as far as lineup. I doubt it, but I don't know. I'm not too concerned about getting, it. I want to get one for myself because first console, right? Need to play through every single one of those games. And I want to get one for my brother because he doesn't really play video games anymore. He just plays NCAA 2014 on his 360 in perpetuity right hey and he's playing that new 2k oh did he pick up new 2k well, what, i think that's what i saw or he was talking about it at least last time i saw him but uh maybe he got 17 because he has a ps4 i don't think he has played it ever he might have gotten 2017 because i was free for like a, a, a week well so my problem with with the stock issues is there are technically going to be more you know like they've been plenty of switches they're out there but it's it's now There'll never be as many as there were uh, in that abundance, in such a, a dense concentration across every major retailer. Like, it's going to be a hunt. You're going to be calling people. You're going to be showing up. You're not gonna just going to walk in and say, oh, there's a stack of them on the shelf. That's not going to happen, probably ever. It's still going to be a game. It'll be much easier in the NES Classic. Like, that was a chore for me to get, calling people every day, every night. This will be easier, but it's still just like, all right, if I get it day one, when everybody's trying to get it, and they have two million of them out in the world, it's going to be easier than having to track people down every day, every week, and then hoping for the best. Like, it's just too much of a hassle, so I'm glad I got it. I'll be keeping my eye out for you. If I see them, I'm going to pick them up just so you don't have to deal with the fucking hassle. And I'm sure by Christmas time, you know. They don't want scalpers eating their lunch, you know? Right. It's frustrating to see these major retailers not have policies in place to prevent scalpers from coming in and, and, and eating up all the fucking product. Some people do. I mean, everything I heard as far as like online pre-orders were multiple orders are getting canceled. Yeah. And then retailers in store were limiting like one per person. So a lot of people did. But Twitter that morning, if you just if you just search scalper, it was just pictures of fucking people with, you know, people would would find these scalpers and they'd put them on blast. You know, nine SNS classics on their fucking lap or something like they're out there. So there are retailers that didn't give a shit. And that's just frustrating. I mean, nine is bad, but there are people who are sitting on like 50 NES classics. That's crazy. Which is that's that is crazy. The Especially same. since that was actually scarce. The SNES classic people are trying to like cash in while people are desperate immediately. Yeah, but there it's it's going to get to the point where people are going to have all these all these in stock and they're not going to be able to sell them because no one's going to spend $120 on an SNES classic. Well, fingers crossed that that market uh, is dead and stays dead on the scalpers end. But my buddy Brendan came on down to Eugene this weekend 
and we put a little bit of time in. Couple of things, all right. Uh, have you ever played Contra Three? I actually have not. Okay, so fuck that game. It's yeah. really hard. Holy yeah. shit! I forgot how hard games were twenty years ago. Contra games in particular. I've never been a big fan of like the run and gun kind of games. The bullet hell ones. Yeah, I could totally get into something like that. And I played a lot of those. You know, growing up, co-op games, you either played fighting games or you played beat-em-up games or you played bullet hell games like that where you're just co-oping and just mashing that that A button, you know, because you had to play a game with your little brother or whatever. So that I feel right at home with that. But the thing is, you, you basically can get hit three times and then you restart the level. And the levels are long and the levels are difficult. And so we played through once and we died like almost immediately. And I said... Fuck this. Konami code, where are you at? Up, up, down, down. Left, right, left, right. A, B, A, B. Start select. Boom, bitch. Guess what? Couldn't get the Konami code to work. Well, it's because it's not A, B, A, B. It's B, A, start select. I, I had looked it up when I initially did it. So maybe I'm talking out of my ass right then, but I just... Also, yeah, I don't think the Konami code works in uh, Contra 3. Actually, the Konami code is up, up, down, down, uh, left, right, left, right, B, A. But the code that I had looked up was up, down, up, down, left, right, left, right, A, B, A, B, start, select for, for, so it wasn't actually, it was one of the Konami codes, but not the. Yeah, there's, there's different variations on that. Yeah. So I, I, I tried and I don't know if it was, we just weren't inputting correctly or quick enough or on the right screen or if it just doesn't work on the SNES classic. I don't know. I, I dude, it's just a fucking ROM. You know, it, it, it'll work if you're doing it right. Okay. I got to try it again. Uh, because there's no way I'll ever, 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 ever beat that game without fucking... Because there's even like, there were some games, there were some games in the Super Nintendo that you could just, uh, there was quick reset uh, options that the it, it works in the SNES Classic as well. I think Mario RPG, if you hold Start Select and L and R all at the same time, it just pops you back to the main menu of the game. Oh, really? Yeah. I like that. So those are still intact in the SNES Classic. I also saw fucking game explain show the two different uh games that have two player modes that are unconventional and aren't listed like you can play yoshi's island there's two player uh mini games you can play really and and earthbound you can play two player what both both controllers are just controlling uh, they're acting as one so if you're holding left on one controller and right on the other you just won't move oh my gosh you're you're fighting over control of ness (laughs) that's hilarious we're gonna do that for sure Oh, fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> we can make a YouTube series about it. I tried playing I tried playing Yoshi with you. I tried playing fucking Shovel Knight with you. Couldn't even get past one screen. I would go up a ladder and you'd go down a ladder. No, but I was trying to fuck with you. You were gatekeeping the fuck out of me, dude. You're like I, I'd been drinking and you were just like, I'm gonna fuck with this guy. And I, I just want to co-op one of my favorite platformers. Like I just wanted to I just wanted to wreck you. And you did. If I'm gonna be green shovel knight, I'm gonna fuck you up, dude. God damn it. <laughs> Well, yeah, so uh, as far as Earthbound goes, I'm curious if, I know this is even silly to speculate, the slowdown in that game was egregious in 1994 or 6 or whatever, uh, and it was bad on all of the iterations, you know, 3DS, Wii U. I'm curious if it's just as bad here or if there's any amount of optimization or, or any fix whatsoever to help with it, because the slowdown is pretty bad. You get more than four people on screen. Uh, and you have an enemy chasing you and the thing just glitches out. Um, and maybe that was part of the charm, but I, I know you've mentioned it before, but I don't remember that for my, my playthrough on an emulator. So I'm not sure if that's a software or a hardware thing. I imagine it's a software thing because it happens on, you know, if that's the case, then I would imagine the SNES classic also has that. I don't think they're yeah. going through and editing the ROMs too much. I know they've done that in the past for the console, virtual console releases, but 
some of those were purely based on licensing things like wave race 64 on the wii u had certain ads like edited out oh really yeah that makes sense uh aside from contra let's see what do we play first thing i played was mario world of course that was <laughs> easy first game i ever played on the super nintendo come on come on <laughs> so i played through a couple of worlds of that and and it, and it always feels good i've never actually beaten that game without using uh uh the warp star shit. road yeah. yeah some of the levels are bullshit man i'll tell you right now no the i bridges, know the ridiculous. bridges are ass i hated the 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 dino levels those I, were annoying too. I really want to make it my mission and maybe we co-op this fucking thing and not co-op it. Hell but, yeah, know. dude. Fucking life and level. Life would, and level. Yeah, dude. I would really love to get through and actually beat that game properly uh, and play through every level. We'll see what happens. But Brennan played, you know, he played Zelda for the first time. Like the past. How far did he get? Oh, guy. He only played for an hour. So not terribly far. Through um, the castle. Yeah, yeah. Through maybe. the castle and out. <laughs> You you fight Wiz Robe, whatever the fuck his name is. What, what is that at the end of the castle? It's, it's first time? <laughs> yeah, oh God, I don't fucking know. Uh, no, I can't remember either. I've I've literally only played that far in that game. So yeah. oh, okay, that game is really difficult. I, I'll want to play it probably. I played through like three quarters of it two years ago. I was on vacation, played it on the Wii U, and definitely like I just I don't know how children played and beat these games growing up. I don't I don't understand it. They're so difficult. Without save states, I would not have been able to do any of this. Infinite time. As a child, you had three months where you just did nothing. But I, I feel like I have way more patience as an adult than it is a child. How did I get through some of these games without completely losing my fucking shit? You have more patience, but you also have access to any game you could possibly want to play. When you're a kid and that's the one game you have, fair. you make do. That's a fair <laughs> point. So yeah, well, you know, I don't know if I'll go back and actually beat that game, but it fills me with nostalgia. Hearing that soundtrack and the sound effects... You're going around swinging that sword, like. Well, yeah, because a lot of the a lot of the Zelda games after that are you take homage. Yeah. If Koji Kondo makes a a perfect soundtrack once, you can just milk that for thirty years. Right. Easy. You the know? Lord knows he has. Where it counts. I'm not. I'm not holding it against anybody. If John Williams had to completely write only new music for the next Star Wars movie, you'd be kind of pissed. Uh, well, I mean, to be fair, he mostly did for Force Awakens. There was a, it was mostly new stuff. He had a couple of throwback themes, but he's not a guy who likes to run his shit into the ground. He really doesn't like some of those old scores, even though they're like iconic, classic, all time. You know, he doesn't like the Star Wars soundtrack. He didn't like what he did. He's like, I think it's massively overrated, and I don't understand why people love it. And it, like he said that last year. Well, they don't love it because they love the music. They love it because they love the. The movie that it's in. <laughs> I don't know, man. The, the I mean, John Williams, dude, just uh, ama amazing. Let's be honest. Indiana Jones is his best song. I, can't, I don't know if I can say that, man. He's on so many all-time classic scores. It's like Superman is his worst. Indiana Jones is his best. Jurassic Park is somewhere in the middle. Jurassic, I mean, Jurassic Park is phenomenal. It's so... It's, Indiana Jones is way more hype. I mean, maybe. I mean, it Jurassic is. Jurassic Park is, is big is. and like... It fits the movie. Right. But Indiana Jones is a much more fun song. It's very fitting for that movie as well. No, yeah, I agree. You're right. It's, it's saying in a vacuum, you're like, oh, I want to listen to that one. It's this big sweeping, like, like you feel like you're going on an adventure. You feel like you want to just walk somewhere. Right. With purpose. I, I want to jump in a mine cart and, and, and swing around giant snakes. No, that's, that's, uh, that's Donkey Kong. Oh, God. <laughs> well, I'm going, I'm going to Disneyland. Uh, I'm flying out tomorrow. 
And the Indiana Jones ride is one I really, really love as a child uh, and has really sort of lost some of its magic uh, as I've gotten older. But the first time you, you go on it again after like all the all these years, it's like you hear the sound and and you you smell. It has a very distinct smell. It's always smelled like that as long as I've been going to Disneyland. And so, yeah, I got a little soft spot in my heart for that Indiana Jones. Can't wait for Indy 5. Smells like melting Nazis. I can't tell what to love more than melting Nazis. Indiana Jones 5, man. It's just like Harrison Ford is going back and just killing off all of his franchises. <laughs> I want to die in every movie. <laughs> yeah, right. He's he's suffering from something psychologically right now. He's he's trying to exercise those demons by by killing himself off wherever he can. And I guess Blade Runner is getting great reviews He's right already now. tried to do it in person with all the airplanes he's crashed. Oh, my God. Well, he's just a fucking drunk. He's, he's, <laughs> he's, he strokes out. I don't know. That's that. Allegedly. Okay. I, I'm not saying anything. Doesn't uh, help that he lived through the seventies. He can't be all right up there. <laughs> oh my God, dude. Classic. Just imagine all the things that have gone into Carrie Fisher's body, including him, including him. Yeah. Rest in peace. Carrie Fisher. You were a fucking treasure. Where the fuck were we? I seen this classic. What else did I play? Oh, I played Mega Man X for the first time. You never played Mega Man X? Never. I started with really? X4 and I played X5. And then I played some of the classic Mega Man games. You got X4 from your neighbor. Yeah, we was talked that before about that. we started hanging out? No, we knew no, it was um it was first. Was that inspired grade? by because I played a shit ton of Mega Man X. I wouldn't I owned that. that game. I was not around for that. Huh. Uh, honestly, man. So well, what year did you get your sixty four? We talk about this all the time. I started hanging out with you after you had the sixty four. So I was young. So I don't know the exact dates of these things, but I would assume I got the 64 probably in 98 because I had Mario and Zelda. Yeah, that sounds right. I would have been six years old. So I met you when I was six. So yeah. Banjo. Banjo. Yeah. I think Banjo was 98 also. Totally. So no, I do not remember a time where we ever played Super Nintendo at your house. It was always the 64 or the PlayStation. I played a lot of Super Nintendo like in middle school. Because I got a uh, little TV, a little 13-inch CRT TV with the built-in VCR, you know? You oh, know, yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. Fucking oh, know. yeah. So, like, I would I would go back and I'd play Mario World and Mega Man and Donkey Kong. And uh, in high school, I ended up fucking letting this girl borrow a bunch of games because her autistic little brother had a Super Nintendo that he loved playing. And I'm like, I don't play these games very much anymore. So, I lost a bunch of my games that way because I never got them back. Oh, no. So, yeah, I mean, like, Elementary school, I played Super Nintendo because that was my only console. Then by middle school, I had 64 in the GameCube. Oh, yeah. So I was kind of keeping up with it. But after a while, I kind of just like went backwards. Oh, yeah. Instead of like buying new consoles, I would just sort of dwell on my OG ones. We've all been there, bro. I just can't believe that I would not have had you play Mega Man X. That's a, that's just a weird thing for me. Yeah. Nope. I have no recollection of it. Uh, like I said, X4. I played when I was like six or seven, and I absolutely love that game. Never yeah. beat it, but I played it over and over and over and over. You never beat that? No. Huh. I got I beat all the bosses, but then you have to do like a boss rush where you fight everybody. You never you got to Sigma? You just, you just beat Colonel and then not do the boss rush because you beat Colonel in general. Well, I guess it depends on if you're playing a Zero or Mega Man or X, excuse me. Yeah, Mega Man X4 final boss. Let me look and see if I recognize this final boss here. Well, Sigma in three forms. Oh, with the hand? No, 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 no. Totally. Okay. Bullshit. Yeah. He's got, he comes out, he's got the hand comes out in the head. Well, he's okay, the I, Reaper. It's Reaper form and then it's regular Sigma. And then the and head. Fucking badass okay, lightsaber totally. and shit. And then I'm, just the face. I'm full of shit. I've fucking beaten this game. Yes. The fucking face and his brain hanging out. And then, okay. 
God, I'd hope you would have beaten that I'm game. I'm full Jesus. of shit. I totally beat that fucking game. I definitely didn't beat X5, so maybe that's what I'm confusing it with. Because I rented X5, and all I remember is there's this level where you're you're scaling upward, and it would rise with water. Mm. And it was like the most panicked I've ever been playing a video game. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Mega Man X, really slow, no wall jump, or excuse me, no dash. There's wall jump, there's no dash. And the dash was such a core mechanic of the of X4. That introduced- the dash. Oh, in X, do you? Okay, yeah. cool. All right, so I'll, I'll, I'll go back you, and I'll give it a I'll shot. give you a little pro tip. If you're playing Mega Man X, a little pro tip is just do Chill Penguin first. Okay. Because part of the critical path, you get the fucking, you get the boots. You can dash. Perfect. He's also the easiest boss to beat with just your buster. And then from there, fucking figure it out. Figure do you want the fucking, do you want the, do you want the, each boss, you want the, the critical path? Because I'll tell you right now. Give after it to you me. beat that Chill Penguin, you're going to take on Spark Mandrill. <laughs> Spark Mandrill? The, Dude, he is literally a baboon made of electricity, and he'll fuck you up if you don't have the ice shot. <laughs> oh, it's great. The ice shot is cool because it bounces off the wall, and it bounces off at a 45 up and a 45 down, and then a straight, a straight away. And he's fucking monkey his way atop the, <laughs> along the top. We shall you're going to fuck him up. Doing. Okay. Spark Mandrill, after that, you're going to take on Armored Armadillo. Great music on that stage, by the way. That's not his name. That's not his fucking name. Armored Armadillo. Yeah, Armored Armadillo. Armadillo. Will make his shell fall off. He won't be able to do certain attacks. Okay. Um, after you get the shield, you're going to want to take on Launch Octopus. Uh, Launch Octopus, you're going to take on Boomer Kowanger. Boomer Kowanger, you're going to take on Stink Chameleon. Stink Chameleon, you're going to take on uh, Storm Eagle. Storm Eagle, you're going to take on uh, Flame Mammoth. What was the... I'm still stuck on Hanger Banger. What would you say? What, what was that? Uh, Mo- Boomer Kowanger. Boomer Kowanger. <laughs> For some reason, he's the one boss they didn't translate. Like, they just sort of... Anglicized his name. He's a boomerang. He is a like a samurai beetle. Really, with a boomerang on his head, like kind of Cutman style. But yeah, he's fucking fast. He'll fuck you up unless you got the homing missiles from Launch Octopus. I'll tell you what, you got to get it, man. Launch Jesus. Octopus is great stage music too. But yeah, you get the you get the dash boots and chill penguin stage. You're gonna need those to get the helmet from. Uh, Storm Eagle stage. You need the helmet to get. Oh man, what do you get? You get the the armor, the shoulder piece from Flame Mammoth stage, I believe. It's it's kind of a blur after that. But then you get the Buster, and then you can do a, a longer charge shot, and you can charge up your special uh, weapons too. A lot of cool shit. In that I'm gonna game. have to Great go back game. to it because it felt much slower than I'm used to for a Mega Man game, but. It's still one of those games where you play it today and it feels like it could hold up today. Like that game controls better than Mighty Number no. Nine did, you know. Not a very high bar. No, but it's just like a game made in fucking twenty. Well, made over the course of how many years? And, yeah, uh, that game was made over like three years. Came out two years ago. Yeah, so did it come just, out twenty fifteen? Oh my god, was it that long ago? I think so. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's still not out on three uh, DS. Go fucking figure. Oh, dude. <laughs> Inafune, what happened? I hope Bloodstain's any any good. That's what the last time a Kickstarter game really like rustled my jimmies. I'm less excited about it now after seeing uh, early development gameplay. But yeah, I don't know if they can polish it up, maybe. But it doesn't look very good. No, it might have really decent gameplay, but I'm not super sold on the two and a half D style no. of it. And we've made as much clear before um, yeah. on this podcast. Well, shit, man, SNES classic. I'll keep my eye out for you. You need to get a hold of it, man, so we can, uh, you know. I wish there was online play. 
like obviously that's like a totally totally pipe dream like but how great would it be if you could like online co-op donkey kong hey man january when a virtual console comes out you're gonna be able to is it coming out in january is that confirmed no oh shit that's pure speculation that's 100 percent a guess from me because that's when they're starting to charge for their online service uh they're gonna wait till next holiday how terrible would that be not really i don't think anyone really cares they just want something to complain about that's true well that's not i mean to an extent i think they're gonna wait till the end of quarter four because once they say oh virtual console's coming back everyone's gonna be like yay and shit we have to buy everything again <laughs> Well, Nintendo should mitigate that by by giving us, you know, doing doing uh, packages. You know, give us a bundle we can like, like hey, we get, you know, All Stars and Mario World for like eight dollars instead of buying each of those for eight dollars or whatever, right? Uh, bundle things up, but give us an RPG pack that I can spend twenty five dollars on. Have they ever even sold All Stars? The SNES game? No, not together, but each individual game. I'm just saying by itself, no. they ever sold All Stars? No, no, not that I. Because they sell one, two, and three separately. That's what I mean, though. Like, give us the pack. Give us the bundle. I don't know. I'd rather play two and three, the NES versions and the All-Stars version. I don't want to listen to a weird SNES uh, sound clip of Charles Matinee doing, thank you for playing my game. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I won't hold that against you. I think most of us share in that. But I don't literally mean it doesn't have to be that version. I just mean, like, give us all four of those games in a bundle we can we can purchase directly. Give us the RPG bundle. We all of Nintendo's classic RPGs for $20. Like, don't make us spend $8 a game. Like, I like Super Metroid, I bought three times now. I haven't even played the goddamn thing. I gave they them $22 they would for They literally shit. only do that as an ambassador program to apologize for their fuckery. <laughs> well, and Nintendo, I think, doesn't need to apologize for It'll be like a month-long, limited-time period It'll cost you all of your my Nintendo points that have just now expired. It's such oh God, fuck Nintendo. Okay, you see, I was all excited about about these these games I was gonna pick up, and I'm gonna play a Switch on a plane. It would be like a fucking commercial, dude, IRL. And now here I am, just being like fuck Nintendo and everything they stand for. On that but fucking God damn, note, I love them. Uh, <laughs> it's like it's like that relationship. It's like your first love. Like she cheated on you, but you're just like you love her, and you can't you can't let her go, and and uh, she keeps coming back and asking for money. And at some point you have to put your foot down, but right now you're just trying to enjoy the ride. You know, that's how I feel. I don't, I don't, I don't feel nearly as abused by Nintendo as many people are by their respective sins. You know, people still spending money on like league of legends and Ugh. fucking fair enough. Street fighter, you know, <laughs> street fighter hashtag subtweet <laughs> or Marvel vs. Capcom, you know, pick a fighting game. Really? Right. Is that all you have for us today? Nick Durheim? Yeah, I think that's about it. Fuck yeah, dude. This is the shortest pod we've done in a while. Yeah, it's still over an hour. <laughs> well, once we edit it down and, you know. Anyway, this has been the Concert Crusade Podcast. We'll see you motherfuckers next week. Yeah, thanks for tuning in, y'all. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Addy Jiggle. You can find the Concert Crusade. If you follow him, he'll block you. <laughs> he will block you. We've established that. I don't like strangers following me, but I'm there. You can follow the, the Console Crusade podcast at console underscore crusade. We're not very active right now because the only people following it are uh, the two of us. So, you know. And the three people that somehow we tricked into downloading the podcast every time we d- post it. <laughs> yeah, right. Totally. Well, I think half of our listens are from me. So That's I, also pretty sad. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Anyway, this is Nick Durham. Find him on Twitter at Presh Till Death. We should really punch these in at the beginning. Yeah, I mean, we're still getting the hang of this whole podcast thing. <laughs> Whatever, man. I'm just trying to talk about video games, motherfucker. Hell yeah. Mission accomplished. I'm, just trying, to ex- I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to spread my brand. 
Trying to break 300 followers. <laughs> I'm trying to break 50, brother. That's why I'd be retweeting you every day. <laughs> I mean, you are one away. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. So I, my old Twitter account, I you had... You retweeting me is not going to get you followers. Me retweeting you would get you followers. Oh, oh, right. That's how that works. But you're private and I can't retweet you, I think. <laughs> I'm not private, no. My old... Uh, you retweeted me this be. morning, motherfucker. Ooh, look at all these new memes. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking classic, <freak>. dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. This has been the Katsu Crusade podcast, guys. Thanks for tuning the fuck in. We'll see you next week. Ka-chow. Thank you so much for playing in my game.